0: tell you alaska that was fun and if you guys didn't know i was on vacation in alaska for the past week when our norwegian and you know what it was actually okay the excursions was fantastic the food was okay the drinks were phenomenal i mean the power to go up to a bartender give him my card and be like free drinks oh yep that was the power (laughs) anyway we're going to go ahead and get started and with, of course, comics. So, hope you're ready because we are going to find out what happened after Alien Issue 1 with Alien Issue Number 2. And we start off with the Dig Team going through the equipment of the Zon family to see if there's anything of value that they may have missed. They comment how bad the equipment is when they start basically drilling and they end up creating a crater because everything starts to get destroyed. Everyone is recovering. There's no one dead, which is really good. But to the horror of one guy, he sees aliens and he actually recognizes them. He tells everybody to grab the injured, get on the trucks, and head out. Now, I gotta say... I am with this man. I see aliens and the fact that he recognized the threat and left. Dude is already becoming my favorite character. And they asked him if he recognized the creatures and he said yes. He read classified information on them and knows how dangerous they are. Like I said, dude would survive a horror movie. Meanwhile, back on the base, Zash is basically still in the air vents trying to escape. She supposedly goes into an empty room when one of the Weyland security guys grabs her and... And here's the funny part apparently the facehugger she had in her backpack finally melted and is now free so it lunges at the dude grabs him and of course we all know what's gonna happen next uh basically zash runs and meanwhile we go back to the dig team as they're trying to return back to base but their short radios are the only thing that's working and they can't reach anybody but it's shown that there's an alien attached to one of the trucks And he begins attacking and killing everybody, causing an explosion. Meanwhile, the people guarding the husband go back and forth about how they could easily take him because he only has one arm. Meanwhile, Wendell is talking to doctors on that she needs to cooperate since Waylon owns the company she works for. But she's hesitant because her work is her legacy. And you know what? I can agree with that. If you worked on something for years, it's your legacy. But wendell says he knows that she's hiding something and they will find out what that is meanwhile two people comment about how the communication was sabotaged and that wendell won't like it when he hears that not to mention they see the explosion happening and ask if they should go out to basically help the dig team but is told no because they are already a skeleton crew and spread thin as it is meanwhile a couple of guards see the guard on the floor and sees what's happening to him uh the guard wakes up and talks about how a lizard jumped on him when he feels i don't know what do you call it chest pain we all know what's happening next and a chestbuster pops out and has come to play afterwards the chestbuster runs and one of the guards goes after it the chestbuster starts attacking the guard. She starts to shoot at random, hitting a flammable container, causing an explosion, which catches the attention of what looks to be a hundred aliens that have defrosted. I gotta say, some people—I was reading this, and it kind of reminded me of Alien vs. Predator, the first one, where they had the alien queen on ice, and even if she was frozen, they heated her up, and she was back and laying eggs. So, it just kind of proves how horrifying these creatures actually are. And since the issue ended, I have no idea what's gonna happen next, but I'm excited for it. Is it gonna happen next week? Probably not. But I cannot wait for issue number three. But with that being said, moving on to Marvel and with The Red Goblin issue number five. And this is actually part four of a series that we haven't covered, but because it's part of The Red Goblin, we have to cover it anyway. And that is part of Carnage range. In this issue, Carnage is in Tony Stark's network infecting people with madness. While former villains working with the government try to fight back. And this includes Electro and Scorpion. And Scorpion kind of has a beef with Carnage because Carnage actually ripped out. I want to say it was like something in his DNA because Scorpion actually wore the Venom suit for a while if you didn't know that. I believe it was for Dark Rain as well, and a couple of other stuff, but yes, Scorpion actually did have a symbiote suit for a little while now, but again, that was in the past. Now, Carnage actually infects Normie's brother and actually has him try to kill his mom, but Normie stops him. He picks up the phone and is introduced to Carnage for the first time, and Rascal freaks out because he was once a part of Carnage. They suit up and actually try to help New York because it's an absolute shambles right now with Carnage basically unleashing his plan. Now, once they go into town, they, comic basically switches over to Scorpion who is continuing to fight Carnage and his associate helps him escape. Falon sends a couple of Iron Man sentries to help. Meanwhile, Normie runs into Miles who asks who Normie is because I guess they haven't been acquainted yet. miles actually asks if they have to fight each other which normie responds no but out of nowhere a carnage infected iron man suit comes down and attacks both of them both normie and miles fight it miles actually gets stabbed while on the suit trying to destroy it and normie actually absorbs the carnage suit basically powering him up carnage actually gets angry because he took something away from Cletus and basically sends everybody to swarm everyone. Before they can get drowned out, the sentries arrive to help, and the comic ends. Now, this was a very fast-paced issue. As you can see, it didn't take long to go through. And considering how this is a part of a bigger event, it's kind of weird to see that it's kind of smaller compared to other events. Because it makes you think, where are the Avengers? Where is Spider-Man? And why aren't they doing anything, especially in New York? Heck, I would have expected the Fantastic Four to show up. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but anyway, that's it for the issue. Moving on to Invincible Iron Man issue number five, where Tony visits Emma Frost and begins to learn what they know about Phalong. He learns how he basically powered himself up, with time travel and a crystal similar to how Scott Summers got his powers. He also learns that he was powerful enough to feed a warrior that basically lived for hundreds of years and had songs written about him. Tony leaves to investigate one of his factories. Meanwhile, Fei Long is at one of the company's factories and basically lies to everybody, telling the employees that their jobs are safe, but he basically fires most of them. Meanwhile, while he's also going and doing some research, he does some research on Howard Stark and he learns that he actually left Tony a physical location where he kept most of his on-hand experiments. When Feilong goes, he sees a painting that Howard paid $3 million for, but Feilong suspects that there's more, cuts the painting to reveal that there's actually film in there that Howard left for Tony. Feilong watches them and learns that Howard was actually looking into a metal that wasn't a part of the periodic table, similar to Iron Man 2, the movie. Meanwhile, Tony goes to the factory and discovers the Iron Sentinel. He is in shock and he gets out of his Iron Man suit, which Phalong takes the opportunity to shock him from behind. He falls down, Phalong basically explains that he found something of Howard's and burned it. Tony doesn't believe him that he would burn anything of knowledge, but Phalong reveals that he has a photographic memory and he has everything in his head. He puts Tony in his suit and blasts him saying that he doesn't want Tony to die just yet. He activates the Iron Sentinel but Tony tries to attack it but sees that all his attacks basically do nothing and gets blasted. He basically tells his AI to put all his power into his thrusters and he escapes knowing that he is basically powerless to stop this Iron Sentinel. And then the issue ends. And I gotta say, it was actually a very interesting issue to see how dangerous this is all coming. Especially with a sentinel with Tony Stark's armor. Now, here's the thing. This is all leading up to the fall of X. So, I'm very excited to see how this is going to affect basically the X-Men and come to the event that we're all looking forward to. Again, I can't wait and it's going to be interesting. But, that's it for Marvel, moving on to DC with the adventures of Superman, John Kent, issue number 4. Now, this issue continues to be in the Injustice universe. Superman, with the rest of the League, tell John that they're going to investigate something on Titan. John is surprised that they are partnering up with Sinestro, and Cyborg says that they're just co-workers. Superman tells John to stay, and he does, but notices that Lex is moving something and looks suspicious. So he follows him. Lex goes to Batman's hideout where he shows Ultraman's body and basically tears the Ultraman logo off revealing the tech that he was using to power or depower the Clarks from the other universes. And wants Batman to do the same with their Superman. John basically notifies them that they're not going to do anything and basically Batman tells everybody to attack John. John tells them that they're gonna hurt themselves but is very surprised when they actually are able to pin him down because of course we're talking about the Injustice universe where they have the super pills. Harley and Catwoman hold him down while Batman basically punches him in the face hoping to knock him out but it doesn't work. John turns blue, basically knocks all of them away from him. He's about to basically attack somebody else. But then he sees Batgirl and yells her name, Hey Babs, which basically diffuses the situation. Alfred comes into the room and tells them that they might want to calm down and actually talk over some tea. After some talking, John gets their side of the story and confronts Bruce about pushing Damian away. He begins to leave saying that he needs to investigate more before he decides to basically join a side. When returning back to the Justice League building, Damian confronts him on leaving... And not trusting him. John mentions that he is friends with him in his universe. And uses the stuff he knows about him. To get him to lower his guard. Damien basically goes for a hug. But puts a tracker on him. John deciding that there's one person he has to meet. To basically get the entire story. And that's his boyfriend. Or his basically alternate universe boyfriend. And basically goes to talk to him. To understand which side to pick. His alternate boyfriend tells him that Superman needs to be stopped and that he killed Black Canary which actually gives us an idea about when this takes place because so far there hasn't been any mention of magic so that means this takes place after year two but before year three so that is some good stuff meanwhile he basically after talking flies off and there's a knock on the window and John's boyfriend thinks he came back but it's revealed to be Damien and Damien wants to know what exactly he told John and the issue ends. And I gotta say, this is gonna be very interesting because one, John is going to start to learn that he can't just assume that people are the same in a different universe, especially Damien because we all know that Damien, at least in the Injustice universe, is a bit on the crazy side. So we'll see just how crazy he gets and if John is actually going to fight him If he does anything to his alternate universe boyfriend. Because, I mean, even though it's not the same person, it's kind of the same person. Anyway, I love Tom Taylor, so we'll see where it goes. Anyway, that's it for comics, moving on to TV shows. And the first thing we're going to start off is actually Secret Invasion. So, I was actually one of the few lucky ones who was able to crack the code and get to watch the first five minutes of the show. Thank you very much. It just proves my brilliance. Anyway, it was a really good first five minutes, and it had Ross, not General Ross, the Ross from the Black Panther movies, talking with a source about the scrolls being behind separate attacks, and now, basically, they're tired of searching for a new home since they've been searching since the first Captain Marvel movie, which took place in the 90s. So we're talking like a 30 years, and some of them want to have Earth as their home. After basically talking it out, he basically asks Ross to phone Fury. But before he can do, or before he asks for evidence, the source basically tackles Ross, and that's where the basically the scene ends. And I gotta say, it's definitely giving me some James Bond vibes, which is good, because honestly, it definitely needs to do better... Than the last show, which was She-Hulk. It really, really needs to do better. So hopefully it does. And for the first five minutes, it already accomplished that. So I'm excited. Anyway, besides that, a new trailer for Ahsoka gives us basically a hint about Thrawn being the heir to the Empire and will basically be taking the book, Heir to the Empire, and adapting it. Now I don't know exactly how this is all going to affect the movie but as we see Dave Filoni has been building this story up for a while now and we have Sabine who has a green lightsaber and you know what a lot of people are complaining like why does she have a green lightsaber? In my opinion I think it's Ezra's which would make sense so I'm curious to see how it all works out and I'm very curious to see how long it takes before we see Ezra in the show. Besides that, I'm super excited to see Ahsoka, and you know what I'm also excited to see? Twisted Metal. They actually showed us the first couple of minutes, and it actually looks really good. Anthony Mackie, Samoa Joe, and Will Arnett look like they're getting into character. Well, Samoa Joe and Will Arnett, since Samoa Joe is basically the body, and Will Arnett is the voice. And I gotta say, it actually seems like it's gonna be a fun show. I'm excited about it. I'm not too familiar with the lore, since by the time I was able to play games like these they really didn't make another Twisted Metal so these games were definitely before my time I'm not familiar with the lore I'm very excited to get to know the lore and hopefully this leads to a new game because honestly Twisted Metal is definitely an underrated franchise from what people have told me anyway moving on part two of Thousand Year Blood War has basically been shown to be releasing sometime in July and they released a trailer and it looks great. I personally am not a big Bleach fan. Never really was. I tried to get into it, but it I just couldn't. So I got a friend, big Bleach fan. He's super excited. So for all of you who are excited, hats off to you and hopefully it's good. One thing I am excited about is Bad Omen Season 2. The trailer released and it looks like it's going to be a crazy ride. So apparently there's something wrong with the Archangel Gabriel and now uh, Aziraphale and Crowley must figure out what's wrong before both heaven and hell collapse. And for honestly, I enjoyed the first season, especially the chemistry before uh, between Charlie Sheen and basically David Tennant. Their chemistry was amazing and whenever those two were left alone and doing a scene by themselves, honestly, it was perfection. Hopefully, they've basically done it further, and we get some really crazy scenes. Hopefully, we get more flashbacks, because those were the interesting ones. But anyway, super excited to see it, and I can't wait to see how they expand the world. Moving on, I gotta say, I was not expecting this show at all. Honestly, I didn't hear anything about it, and you know what that show is? Kong Island. Yes, Kong Island, is becoming a netflix animated series with gold old king kong as the main character and it looks like it's gonna be dark and hopefully gritty honestly i was expecting when i saw the trailer for it to be the terminator anime that apparently netflix is making personally i would have preferred the terminator anime but hopefully this uh king kong animated series is good but that's it for tv shows moving on to movies And the first thing I saw when I woke up last week was the Expendables 4 trailer. I knew it was coming. I honestly thought the spinoff was going to come out first. I think it was called uh, Christmas, a Christmas movie or something like that, because one of the characters is named Christmas, which it would have been funny if they released on Christmas. Anyway, it looks like we're getting a new team with very little of the old cast returning, which kind of sucks Because I was honestly expecting Terry Crews to show up since he was basically in the first three. But I guess they replaced him with 50 Cent, Uh, Tony Jaw is joining the team, and also Megan Fox. Apparently this is going to be rated R, and you know what? It's an Expendables film. I'm excited to see it. So hopefully it's good. Although speaking of hopefully it's good, I know Warner Brothers is basically begging and praying... That the flash movie is good heck they spent over 14 million dollars on marketing and it's been revealed that the actress playing Kara and the director are doing much of the promotion for basically advertising the movie and that is insane that they're trying to push this movie so hard especially since the last two dc films were flops warner brothers is doubling down on ezra And basically not letting him doing any promotion, which is smart because you don't want him saying something that basically turns off the movie. And I really wonder if this movie is going to flop or it's going to be decent. Because if it flops, they're basically three for three. And that doesn't say anything good about the upcoming Aquaman movie. Because honestly, I don't see the need for it. And if no one else does too, RIP. But anyway, a movie I'm actually looking forward to and the first few images have appeared is for the new Ghostbusters film and we already got some pictures showing a new Echo One and Firehouse that's been remodeled and with how well the last Ghostbusters film did, I cannot wait to see all the characters come back for this one. Especially since it takes place back in New York City. So it's been a while since we've gone to the Big Apple and Ghostbusters. So let's do this and I can't wait to see how much ghosts we're gonna deal with. And you know what? I can't wait for it. Hopefully it's a little more scary because that's what really made uh, Ghostbusters really fun. It was a little scary at times but it was funny. Speaking of scary, a new animated Resident Evil film is coming out called Death Island. And you know what? It actually looks good. Now, the Resident Evil films, especially the animated ones, aren't too bad. They're good for a fun watch, maybe once or twice. But besides that, they're always something to watch, especially if you want that zombie itch to be itched. Like I said, it's coming out and I'll honestly check it out. Speaking of things I'm definitely checking out, I'm definitely going to be watching the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer because it was basically shown to us in its fullness and you know what? It actually looks good. I was worried because of course you're getting villains that haven't been the main villains before in a movie. I mean, think about it. Before we usually got the Shredder, we usually got Kang and this is only going to be the third time that we actually don't have either of them as the main villains. So I'm excited for it, hopefully it's going to be good, and with them using people like Superfly as the main antagonist, you know what, hopefully it builds up the world and we're able to get a good sequel. If not, well, they try it again. Who knows, maybe it'll take another 5-6 years for another one. Anyway, uh, DC is basically making a new Justice League film called World War. Now, for those of you who don't know what World War is, it's basically a planet where people fight it's basically think of like a coliseum planet where people come and watch people fight to the death and it's ruled by someone called mongol he is very powerful and is a big threat to superman so i'm excited to see this movie go it's kind of sad that it's only focusing on wonder woman batman and superman and we see kind of uh, other characters too like green arrow uh Jonah Hex and I think I saw Martian Manhunter but it kind of sucks that we don't get to see the rest of the Justice League especially since this is a Justice League movie you would figure but anyway yeah I mean honestly if I'm gonna be honest here I think DC's animated films are doing so much better than their live action don't know why that is well actually I do it's called quality writing and you know what quality writing goes a long way especially in animation look at the new Spider-Man film, I saw that Spider-Man film, and you know what, it was amazing, now, I'm gonna warn you, this, oh, actually, no, I'm not gonna warn you, this is a non-spoiler, it was perfect, absolutely perfect, showing off the different Spider-Man, giving a lot of the Spider-Man that none of us are really familiar with, a time to shine, honestly, Spider-Punk was one of my favorite characters, especially the new characters, we got to see Spider-B Parker, and we got to see his daughter, Which is funny because one in the comics people have been begging for Spider-Man to finally get married. To finally have kids to make himself more relatable. And the film is doing more than the comics. Goes to show that editors sometimes suck. But anyway back to the movie. It was really good. The pacing was fantastic. The music with Metro Boomin was just phenomenal. Honestly I couldn't really pick a song. They were really good um let's see he worked with a lot of people i was very surprised that he worked with two chains because honestly it's been a while since two chains basically had an album or a song but my personal favorite was am i dreaming that was honestly the best song in the movie but anyway the movie was the animation was fun there was this scene where they basically made a lego spider-man world and it was animated by a 14 year old kid That is really fun. And one of the scenes where all the Spider-Men are chasing Miles took four years to animate. You can see the love. You can see the precision put into this movie. Especially the blood, sweat, and tears. And you know what? I definitely recommend you watching it. Definitely a 10 out of 10. Wouldn't say any other way. In about two weeks, I'll do a spoiler. uh, Basically a spoiler review. But don't worry. This is all spoiler free. And that's it for movies. Moving on to video games. And first off for video games, we finally have a release date for Spider-Man 2 and it's going to be October 20th, which is really great because one, you know, we finally got a release date, that's all. I mean, Halloween is right around the corner, so it's going to be great for because it'll follow up with the whole Venom and maybe it'll be somewhat scary. I'm just glad it's coming out this year and depending on how the other games do, this might be game of the year. I'm just saying it right now. Is Link going to win Game of the Year? Probably because they have a horde of fans that scream Nintendo. But hopefully Spider-Man does. Anyway, moving on. Remnant 2, the story trailer, has just dropped. And you know what? It actually looks interesting. For one, I'm not really interested in playing this game because i played the first one and i didn't realize they were making a sequel i thought the first one was very lackluster i didn't really get into it so for them making a part two hopefully it's good i'll probably play it if it's discounted or if it goes to game pass because honestly it would surprise me if it's really good speaking of surprises and i'm not joking we're getting a new yes a new prince of persia game Which basically blew my mind because it's been years. I think it's been over a decade since we got the last Prince of Persia game. And this one is going to be called The Lost Crown. And so here's the interesting part. It's going to be used in a style that's very unfamiliar for the franchise. And it's going to be basically Castlevania style. Which could either be a good thing or a bad thing for fans who've been wanting to get their hands on a new Prince of Persia game for a while. Hopefully, it's good and rejuvenates the franchise for them to do something like Assassin's Creed. But if this is the only Prince of Persia game we get, hopefully, it's good. But anyway, moving on. Like a Dragon game is coming out, and it's going to be called Gaiden. And you know what? I was surprised they were making a new game in the franchise. I mean, fans of this series, is basically treated like kings. They make a game. And not to mention, I think this one is the spin-off games, or it could be the mainstay in the series, but they're treated to a game every year or every couple years. And you know what? A lot of the fans are super happy, and that's good, because a lot of times, game studios don't make their fans happy. They really don't. The only ones I can think of is usually the PlayStation studios that make good games, especially ones that they're doing sequels to. A game that actually definitely breathes life back into the franchise and actually does a good job of bringing people back in is Fortnite. And they're actually doing this with their new season. And we're basically going back into the jungle with new guns. Raptors, Where we're basically use them as vehicles. And the guest character that they're going to use is Optimus Prime. Which is kind of interesting. Because with them using a forest, I was thinking maybe Predator coming back that would actually be cool maybe he'll make a guest appearance but honestly optimus prime it would be a very interesting character they shrunk him because you definitely need to shrink him maybe we'll see other transformer characters hopefully we do because the transformers have a bunch of characters that we can get there's bumblebee there's shockwave megatron ironhide ratchet and that's just to name a few so hopefully this season is great and the basically transformer guns aren't overpowered. Well, I mean, they're from the future. They probably will be overpowered, but hopefully it's good. But anyway, moving on to another game, a game that actually looks promising and it's called Under the Waves. Now, this is going to be a list game and will follow a new man named Stan, who's been living under the water for the past three years and something is going on. He's starting to hear voices and things start to go Basically from bad to worse because his mental health has deteriorated now It's not revealed whether or not this is going to be a psychological thriller or a supernatural one either way It looks great and I can't wait to see what they do with this game moving on to another game Final Fantasy players are going to be happy because the sequel to the Final Fantasy 7 reboot Rebirth has arrived and you know what it looks fantastic Apparently, a lot of people have been waiting since the remake was released a couple years back for this game. And I was surprised it took this long. But I guess that they're breaking the game into sections like they said they were. And basically making it so people will have hours upon hours to explore the land. And you know what? People will basically throw their money to go back into the worlds of Final Fantasy. Especially Part 7. Since that one, I think, I could be wrong, is the most famous game of the entire series so the gameplay looks fantastic and hopefully they have a good time because that's what that's there for giving people a good time unlike other games and yes call of duty i'm looking at you because warzone season four is coming it's revealing a new map called vandal and a new landscape and you know what it just looks boring seriously how did you make warzone boring they're already losing players and after that whole SM2 nonsense, I mean, they're already losing players left and right. So, who knows? Maybe they'll bring people back with a new Call of Duty game. I don't know. I'm just going to be excited to wait and see. Because remember, this year we're not getting a new Call of Duty game. We got to wait until next year. Yep. If you didn't remember, Call of Duty is only coming out every couple of years. So yeah you might not be surprised or you might be surprised when you realize oh my god we're not getting a new call of duty game speaking of surprises one thing that really surprised me was when they revealed that Nicolas cage is going to be a survivor in dead by daylight and i think they had a very missed opportunity to make him not only a survivor but a killer as well considering that you got the actual actor voicing himself and he could do both that would have been so cool a survivor and a killer basically the same character that would actually be kind of funny and maybe work towards a lore but like i said i'm the one here with some good ideas but dead by daylight devs are really good at mashing a story together so they probably know what they're doing and building up the excitement like another studio and that is sega Sega is coming out with a new Sonic game in the style of the old Sonic games with updated graphics and you know what it actually looks good and with the success that Sonic has been getting from the movies it might be a good idea to get some of that reputation back for the game as well because honestly that the games kind of suck the last Sonic game wasn't too bad but they they need they need good games they've really been lacking in the game section I mean, I think the last good Sonic game was with Mario at the Olympic Games. I could be wrong, but honestly, that was the last time everybody was excited for a Sonic game. Yeah, yeah, if you disagree with me, you disagree with me, but that's what I think. Anyway, Mortal Kombat gameplay trailer has released and you know what it looks really good it got me excited more for this game kung lao seems to be one of the main characters in the game which is cool considering in the previous games he dies and doesn't get much story and apparently we're getting kind of like uh Capcom versus marvel or recently dragon ball fighters style fighting where we actually have basically duos that will be able to assist you which should make things interesting raiden who i previously thought wasn't going to be in the game is in the game but he's younger and apparently is a new god which will make things interesting considering that usually raiden is the older wiser one of the group and if he's younger should make for some interesting stuff and speaking of interesting xbox just had their showcase and i'm going to be honest with you guys it was very lackluster besides maybe the trailer for payday 3 uh star wars outlaws and let's see they did have a reveal for starfield which it actually looks like it might be a good game but honestly besides that this showcase was very lackluster i was expecting maybe announcement for a new gears game or something that will bring people back they're apparently fusing monkey island with sea of thieves which is actually a pretty good combination i'll give them that but besides that they really don't have any first party exclusives I mean, I guess Starfield is their big exclusive that they're hyping up. They're also going to be doing Fable, which they also announced, which a lot of people were happy about. But seriously, how do you make a showcase so lackluster? It's insane. And not to mention, they said that they would have gameplay for everything that they shown, and they didn't. They already lied. And they said most of the games were coming out in the next year, which kind of is... But a lot of the stuff they mentioned didn't have release dates. One of them did, which is coming out, I think, in about a month or two, which is an expansion for Fallout 76, which is going to take place in Atlantic City, which I think is going to be a good thing. But still, how do you not have hype built up for one of their games? Honestly, I thought they would have something for Halo Infinite. I really did, especially with how little that game is getting in love. But hey, that's just me. The showcase was okay. Like I said, the only games I'm really looking forward to is Payday 3 and this new Star Wars open RPG, which should make things very interesting, and it's from Ubisoft. Maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad. It's Ubisoft. At this point, it's a flip of the coin. But anyway, that's it for video games. Moving on to Nerd Theories. And for today's nerd theories i wanted to talk about xbox and microsoft because people seem to be very confused on why people would say that xbox is losing the console wars while they're releasing games on pc but you got to remember while microsoft does own xbox their pc department and the gaming department are two separate divisions the xbox series x and s didn't sell that well compared to playstation Because think about it, all the games you can get on the Xbox Series X or S, you can get on PC. They don't have a waiting period and that can lead to what we've seen in lackluster sales. And everything is first day on Game Pass, which means people are less likely to buy the actual games, which means lower profit for a lot of these studios. Honestly, I was reading videos, uh, reading videos, reading articles, watching videos about how Microsoft stockholders are very angry because think about it. You have one division spending all this money, billions and billions of dollars, and now they're not turning a profit, but they're releasing games on PC, which honestly, if they wanted to do, they could probably drop the Xbox division altogether and basically have PC gaming, which would make money because they own Windows. They're not going to lose because they win, they basically own Windows, which everybody uses. Heck, I use Windows. No one's gonna switch to Linux or Mac because not a lot of the games can function on Mac or Linux. But like I said, they Xbox needs to change a few stuff. Honestly, if it was me, I wouldn't do first day Game Pass. I would wait maybe a month, maybe two months for it to come out on Game Pass, or even better wait a few months before releasing it on PC same day because it will allow people to actually buy the console look at PlayStation they wait two years before basically putting a game that has already come out on the PlayStation on PC because they are focused on the PlayStation players not the PC players. Which is good. That's some good marketing because, one, it basically gets people hooked on these games. But if they want to play the sequel that has already come out on the console, it makes them want to buy the console even more. Heck, I own a PlayStation 5 and a PC because I want to play games when they come out on PlayStation. That's just me. If I want to play a game on the Xbox, I just basically open up Game Pass and that's it. So I think that Xbox is going to have to do something soon... Or they're going to just keep on losing money. And that's it for Nerd Theories. Moving on to current events. And this one was a doozy. And I do mean Apple's $3,500 goggles. And I know a lot of people are saying they're virtual reality. From what I was reading, they're augmented reality. For those of you trying to figure out what the difference is, augmented reality is basically holograms. Now, it will do virtual reality stuff, but that's not really what it's made for. And if you think about it, Apple is not really known for their gaming stuff. So I really doubt that a lot of the new games coming out will be adaptable for this basically a uh, AR, VR, whatever. So, yeah, $3,500, basically 8 k in each eye. Maybe people who buy it tell me if it's worth it or not, but I don't have $3,500 to spend on an Apple product. I really don't. Their products are already expensive as as of now. I'm not going to be able to spend that much money on virtual reality. Unless it basically pulled a sword art online and took me to the reality itself. That's the only time I'm spending that type of money. But anyway, if you spend the money, let me know what you think. Because like I said, that's a hefty price. But that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Sayonara. See you later and have a good one. Goodbye.